The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Given that business has so much to do with relationships, how can our company best identify and grow those most important relationships? To answer that question, John Rulin. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Joel, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me. This is going to be uh, a lively chat. Well, you do something that is uh, pretty different from a lot of other people, and, uh, and I've always been quite fascinated by it. So thanks for uh, coming on the show to share what it is. So um, you're in the business of giving uh, gifts to people, and, and I know that gifts is kind of like the last step in the cycle, but, yeah. but just tell us briefly what is it so we can kind of get into how to take advantage of this sort of thing. Yeah, well, the, the tendency is when people hear like John wrote Giftology or has a gifting agency, like most people want to hit snooze because like, who cares about gifts? And I would be, you know, candid and say nobody does. Nobody wakes up at 4 a.m. to do their miracle morning or whatever. And like, man, if I just had a gifting strategy together, my business would flourish. But almost every business, whether you're a solopreneur as a speaker or whatever else, or an investment fund or Google, like every business rises and falls based upon relationships with investors, bankers, lawyers, clients, employees, suppliers, like it's all, it's a people business in every industry. And most people do business with people that they like, trust, and are top of mind. And yet most people, if you ask them, like, what's your relationship plan in 2021? Most people, most leaders, CEOs, VPs of sales, they have a deer in the headlights. Look like, what are you talking about? Like, like, you mean like our like employee thing? I'm like, no, like all relationships, like, how are you going to show up and stay top of mind? How are you going to stay memorable with somebody? How is somebody going to realize that you're different? And oftentimes when you can't, like all the ways that most people would do that in, in 2019, like break bread, go golfing, go on hunting trips. Like a lot of that stuff has been blown to smithereens. So how do you build a relationship from afar with somebody and make people show them that like you actually care about them, that you actually know them, that you're actually not just talking about things, but that you're actually walking that talk. And we call them love bombs or artifacts because gifting makes you think of Harry and David baskets or bottles of wine. Like a, a love bomb, a gift, an artifact should show up to somebody and be like, wow, this person cares about me. They're emotionally bought into me. They know me. And when you do that well, the ripple effect of that is that you get referrals. You are liked. You are trusted um, more be- based upon how you show up for people. 
Well, uh, you know, so I, I think about the Harry David thing, bottles of wine, uh, boxes of cigars. I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I think about immediately. Although I will say my personal uh, thing is that I'm, I'm very big on bonding and maybe this is just my age. Uh, you know, it's, I love taking guys out uh, to the ball games and dinners and lunches. I mean, I'm very, uh, you know, face-to-face, mano-a-mano, you know, belly-to-belly, of course, you know, whatever. But I, I just, that's just kind of how I think about things. And younger people don't seem to see the world the same way anymore. <laughs> no, well, I, I think that um, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. I think oftentimes we we tend to shop with our own eyes. So if we like steak, we take people out to steak dinners. If we like golf, we take people golfing because we get to partake in it. As a human being, it's like, what's in it for us? I want to go to the ball game. So let's take some people to a ball game. And subconsciously, we're like, we get to be a part of that. The challenge is, is that if you do the same Ruth Chris dinner or you do the same ball game as all of your competitors, how is that a difference maker in the relationship building process? And so what we found is that most people think about hey, you know, an Amazon gift card or Starbucks card or a bottle of wine is a gift. If you like most people think they're a seven out of 10 on relationship building and giftology, and really they're a negative three, <laughs> but they don't, nobody ever tells them that I thought less of you as a person when I got your box of peanut brittle for $30 and I sent you a million dollars in referrals last year. Like, are you serious? Like, this is the way you're showing gratitude and appreciation is checking the box at Christmas. So there's that, like that dynamic of, if you could become really good at not just the experiential, which I think most industries, financial services and hedge funds, like they're notorious for the belly to belly stuff. And that's cool. And hopefully we get back to that and, you know, maybe the end of 2021 and beyond. But if you really want to stand out, the most people don't do the tangible, the sending of something really well. They follow the same playbook as everybody else. It's like, oh, it's we did a deal. Here's your gift. Hey, we got a referral. Here's your gift. And what they don't realize is that instead of it being a relationship, you just turn that relationship into a transactional relationship. And nobody wants to be a transactional relationship, but if you only give gifts and only do things for people and only show up for people when they've done something for you, now it's a tit for tat, it's a reward versus what we're teaching people to do, which is lay out a plan for the entire year. In some cases, we'll lay out a 10-year plan and we call it plan randomness. Like, Show up for people at times when they're not expecting it. A sucky gift that shows up as a just because is more powerful than an amazing gift that shows up at Christmas. Why? Because of the expectation factor. Think about your wife. If you only show up on anniversaries, Valentine's Day, birthday, and Christmas, like do you earn brownie points with your wife on those days? Like, no, those are table stakes. It's when you show up on random Tuesdays (laughs) with a spa package for your wife or your husband that all of a sudden like people are like, your wife is like, did you do something wrong? Like, what's going on here? Like, this is a surprise and delight. Like, is there like, is there strings attached to this? And so we try to apply the same things that work in personal relationship building. If you would do that to all of your key relationships in business, people would be like, wow, Joel's the most thoughtful guy ever. Like, I didn't do anything for him. And he just sent me this on a random Tuesday in the middle of April. Like, what's going on? This is amazing. And so that timing, like that, that's one, that's one element of the recipe. If you do timing well, it can completely shift how somebody perceives something. All right. So let's talk about, um, here, here's kind of how I think about uh, gift giving, for example. And this is like re- relationship. Uh, to me, relationships is going out to dinner, is going to ball games, is going to the country club, lunch, you know, do the things that, and, you know, and, and listen, and the reason that I do the things that I like to do is because those are the kind of people that I like to be around, you know, and, 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 and that's, uh, you know, I'm not saying I don't like other people, uh, but the ones that I especially like are the ones that like to do the same kind of things as me. And that's maybe that's because I'm old fashioned and, you know, 
my, my turn is kind of coming to an end, but, um, <laughs> no, it's not, I, I, what I would say is that, that most people gravitate that direction. The challenge is, is that in 2021, our time and our bandwidth is limited and you can only get to lunch with so many people. Like if you want to go to lunch with somebody, you get, you know, you want to hang out with me, you got to fly to St. Louis or Austin, wherever I'm at, that doesn't scale very well. Whereas if you do what we're talking about, like everybody wants to bring scale, but still have that intimacy of relationship. Well, I guess, I guess it depends about. on how many clients you have. That's true. You know, if you, if you have a thousand clients, those are probably transactional clients. If you've got 25 or 50, uh, those are relationships. So, so sure. first let's talk about, you know, different kinds of things. So for example, let's, who, who does gift giving very well? What, who are people that do it? Realtors? I mean, because every time you close a house, they tend to send a flower or a box of cookies or they do something pretty good size. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say realtors. I mean, there's, there's certain industries that are known for cent, like financial advisors, like a lot of industries that are in the relationship building business. You know, like, hey, you close on a house, it's a million bucks, here's your flowers. Does that feel very good or equal? Like you're thinking in your head, they made 6%, maybe they had to split half of it with a broker, but they're walking away with 150 grand and they spent you know, one-tenth of a percent they reinvested back into me. Whereas if that same realtor realized that like, man, I made 150 grand on that transaction. What if I laid out a plan for the next five years after the deal's done, after the home's closed, but in month six and month 12 and month 18, I just sent them gifts and loved on them as they just because. Yeah. You do that with home builders because the, if you do things at a transactional time, if you do things at a Christmas time, I don't care if you're a financial advisor and you only have 25 clients, this works because you still only get so much face time with somebody. And most of the time, I mean, Joel, you've, you've seen this, like a lot of the industries that we're both in are good old boy clubs and you're not taking care of what I call the inner circle and you're not taking, which is the spouse, the assistant, the kids and the pets. The biggest deals our clients have ever landed have been not because they sent bourbon or scotch to the executive. That's cool. It's fine, but it's going to get drank and forgotten about It's the you know, the guy's got a whole, case full of stuff. But if you send something that include their wife and their wife is talking about you, like I think about John Bowen, who has one of the largest financial advising coaching companies at, at, the, at a seven figure level or above. He has like 300 clients. I didn't get him as a client by taking care of him. I got him as a client by taking care of his wife, Jan. She became my advocate and sales rep because most people only took care of John. I think strategically and help our clients think about all the people around them because I could invest way less money in the people around them and get them advocating and being that in, internal sales champion. And, and I, I destroy people that are way bigger than us because we're playing the chess, you know, they're playing checkers, we're playing chess. And they don't understand. They're like, hey, I, I, I take this guy out to dinner and I'm not getting the business. I'm like, have you done anything for his wife? Have you taken care of his assistant? They're like, well, no. Why would I do that? And I'm like, because they have the ear of the person you want to influence every single day. They have one word that they say is worth more than 10,000 that you say. So people want to play, you know, this game, but they don't understand the rules and they're playing it to your, you know, you talk about the old school way. There's nothing wrong with the old school way. I like going out to steak and wine and cigars, but if you want to influence me, you take care of my wife, Lindsay, you take care of my four daughters. If they like you, then I like you. And so it's shifting your perspective and understanding the sales and marketing game you can still do the old school stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's table stake stuff. If you add in a little secret sauce over here, you're actually leveraging the time that you are spending with them and you're amplifying that. 
and you know, you'll compete at a different level by adding this little bit of, uh, I, you know, I call it pixie dust to the relationships that you're building. Yeah, no, that, that is, that is a very fascinating idea, you know, of, uh, of working, working on the significant influencers in somebody else's life so that they can help you to kind of make the sale. I, I love that idea. Um, and, and it also, uh, it, it just, it resonates. It resonates uh, very loud and clear. Let's talk about um, the difference between businesses that do transactions with tons and tons of people and and ones that are like smaller, more maybe more service oriented, like real estate brokers, stock brokers, uh, or financial advisors, whatever you want to call them now. Um, because there, I, I would imagine the strategies are different, you know, depending on, you know, what you're going to do. And by the way, I do love the idea instead of buying somebody a flower one time after a close every six months, make sure something lands on their desk, you know, because, uh, they're inevitably going to be having dinner with friends and need to make a referral or recommendation or some other thing. So uh, I, I love that too. The, the regularity of that is really, really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, everybody, I tell people like there's a, you know, we wrote a, a uh, we made it like a little four, uh, four video course called referrals without asking. And most people don't have a retention issue, whether they're a broker or whether they're a, a realtor, but most people don't get the amount of referrals and deal flow that they want. And they don't know why. And I'm like, you're not like, it should be a year round business of staying top of mind with your relationships. And that's all we're t- teaching people to do is how do you like, you know, in some, some clients, we, you know, we might send something six times a year. People are like, well, how'd you do that? You don't have to do it. And I'm like, when you do something for somebody that you didn't have to, you did it because you wanted to, it shifts the perspective. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, there are obviously companies out there that have thousands of relationships. Our goal when we're laying out what we call a relationship plan is to say, it should be a math equation. You know, let's just say you're a small business and you made, you know, hundred grand last year. Our belief is that even if you're a sales rep, you should be investing in relationships as if you own the relationship. Because if you move to another financial advising firm, another real estate firm, another hedge fund or whatever, your, your relationships, your Rolodex, to use an old school term, is oftentimes like what's most valuable. It's who will take your phone call and return your phone call. And yet most people don't have a plan on how they're taking care of those people. So for us, it's a matter of like saying, if you made hundred grand last year in profit, why not reinvest 10 grand? Like, man, that's 10%. I'm like, but if you take that 10 grand and invest it into those relationships, next year, you should get enough deal flow that you make 140 grand. So it shouldn't be, it's not this just altruistic, like just love on people and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. It's saying if relationships matter, then you better be staying in top of mind with those people. If you want the referrals, if you want the deal flow, if you want to get referrals without asking, that doesn't happen on accident. It happens because you're watering and planting seeds and taking care of people. And at the end of the day, we can only take so many phone calls and shoot so many texts and shoot so many emails. And our goal, I call it active loyalty. The goal for our client that hires us is to love on their relationships over the course of years. Like most people say they play the long game, and it's, but the long game is decades, not days. The goal is to turn your client and the people that are out there to, to go out of their way to have awkward conversations and bring you up in conversation. That's an actively loyal relationship. Most people have passively loyal relationships. And that's somebody that like, if somebody asks them, hey, who do you use for real estate? They'll say, oh, I, lo- I use Steve, he's pretty good. Versus somebody's at a dinner party and real estate gets brought up and that person goes out of the way to say, I have a guy, you have to use him, he's amazing. I have this girl, she's incredible. Like they go out of their way to advocate. And we all know, we all have a handful of those kind of people that are like actively loyal. 
but I, but if you do this the right way, you should have hundreds of people out there, or at least dozens, that are looking for uh, you know at the golf course, at the steak dinner, over wine, whatever, that are looking for opportunities to reciprocate and send you deal flow. If you, you, you know, you know who's great. You know who's great. I, I I tend to find that women are much better at this than men. Oh, uh, I'm not... I mean, not even close. Like <laughs> women, here's why: their emotional intelligence is a hundred times better than dudes. Guys are like right, right, right. Check, Give me the checklist, you know, give me the place, I, uh, the wall I have to run through. Let me check the box. Now that's a, that's a stereotype, but in general, guys, you know, they're very like transact, like, you know, I go kill, hunt and move on to the next thing. Exactly. Whereas a, where, like, think about like in interpersonal relationships, like a guy's like, oh, somebody's getting married. Like I'll go to the, you know, I'll go online, I'll check the box. I'll send them something from William Sonoma. Whereas a, whereas a woman oftentimes will say, what are they really like? What would they not do for themselves? What should the handwritten note say? What should the paper look like? Yeah, you know, exactly. They understand that the details of how something shows up matters. It yeah. makes somebody feel special with VIP. And so women in general, like when, I, when I'm keynoting YPO events, I, I encourage people to bring their assistant and their spouse. And when I spoke at Orange County YPO, the whole audience was, was you know, it was mostly 80%, you know, middle-aged married white dudes with their wife. And when I spoke at the you know, middle of the, the, the keynote, you could see the wives elbowing their husbands saying, I told you, you shouldn't put a logo on the gift. I told uh, you, you should be doing something better and more and personalized and all these things because women are way better relationship builders than guys are. Guys are very, and you know, like you can teach a guy how to do this. Cause I, you know, I'm a dude, I, I grew up milking goats on a farm. So if I can learn it, anybody can learn it. It's it a matter of, <laughs> watching how people interacted with some mentors of mine who were super generous, not as a tactical way, they were just really good at, but you're right. Like hands down women, the DNA, the, the intuition that they understand of how to be thoughtful destroys guys. That's why a lot of times. Well, so I, I, I just, I, it just makes me think, you know, you talk about going to the dinner party and uh, you know, uh, if somebody asks you directly about your realtor, uh, fine. But as opposed to bragging about your realtor, you know, young moms will say uh, they have a new baby and they, oh, what pediatrician? Oh my God, I got the best pediatrician. They jump up and, and they're talking about their doctors and, you know, there's so much better. I, I just have always noticed this. So, but the question is, are some people just better at blasting out information like, oh my God, my, my pedi pedi uh, pediatrician or my realtor or my broker or my whatever is so great, you got to call them. Or are some people just more reserve and you got to really kind of poke on them to, to get them to open up. I mean, what's your experience? Yeah. Well, I, I think the guy, you know, like, you know, the higher up the food chain you go with, with, you know, dealing with affluent people, like, you know, if you're going to send out a referral, like you're putting your name on the line, your reputation on the line, all those different things. And if you're, you know, working for a venture capital firm or a financial advisor firm, like you're dealing with sensitive information. And the last thing you want to do is open your mouth and recommend somebody and then have an egg on your face. So I think that the, you know, the more the stakes go up, the more like, you have to like the little things matter. And but but at, at a core level, whether you're a, a 60,000 person company or a six person company, like the interactions that you have are as a human to human, it's one to one. And what I what I see people not understanding is like, whether you believe in a person of faith or God or not, like the way that we're wired as human beings is when you do nice things, like if you look at like Old Testament scripture, it talks about kings giving up their kings like a 1000 or 10,000 head of cattle, because they understood the value of a relationship and they understood that if they want to influence somebody like the book influence, Robert Cialdini, if you do something for somebody, no strings attached over and over again, what does it build up inside that person? Reciprocity. Oh. 
Yeah. They, when somebody does something nice for you, Joel, like you can't help but think, oh man, I'd really like to do them a, a favor back. I'd really like to open that door or take them to a ball game. And so like when I was on Vaynerchuk's show, like he wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. What was the topic? Really? It was give, give, give. Then you earn the right to right hook, which is the ask. Most people, they jab, then they right hook. They give and then they ask for the referral and they, they ruin it because it really it wasn't a gift. It wasn't a give. It was a bait and switch. I do this for you. Now you better do this for me. Yeah, no, that, it, that, that's, that's it, incredibly distasteful. And it doesn't work, but people do it all the time. How often time, how many times have you gotten something and you're like, ah, I know this guy, he's good. The ask is coming. Where is it coming? Oh, yep. There it is. There's the text message. There's the follow up email. But, that's, but, but also, uh, you know, you also know what level person you're dealing with based on that sort of thing. When that sort of thing happens, and maybe maybe I wouldn't have recognized this when I was young, but now uh, when I see that happen, I know it's a very unsophisticated uh, person that just operates at a low level uh, because the most sophisticated people, I love that jab, 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 by the way, uh, because that really is a great metaphor. Um, they really understand delayed gratification. They give, give, give. And then when the time is right, uh, it took me a long time to kind of realize that the one thing that I can't control in anybody's life is timing. You don't know when a referral's coming in. You don't know when somebody's going to be ready to buy. So you just kind of kind of tee it up so that uh, you're a good buy when they're ready. And yep. you kind of stay in touch so they don't forget about you when they're ready. Yeah. But, but, but you're, what you're talking about is the tee up is inspiring them to like, you know, timing's everything. But you can accelerate the timing of things if you're willing to do the things that kind of like, encourage them to, to become comfortable, to be, you know, to, for you to be credible. And oftentimes it's not the timing of them. It's, it's them looking for opportunities on the timing of, of, of their network. You know, a lot of times people are like, John, why'd you send a gift to that person? They're not that big a company. And I'm like, but they're in pro sports, which is an industry that we want to play in or that we like to play in. And that consultant is going to have their ear, her ear to the ground talking to people. And she's going to see the opportunity to say, you know what, you need to talk to Giftology. So the more you can have people out there that are looking for those opportunities, it's not always the person that you that you want to, you know, influence that you're really trying to get at the end of the day. It's, you know, and we all have those like bird dogs, those influencers, those centers of influence, you know, those pillars of a certain industry or community that you want them to when they see a sliver of a door open, that you're the first phone call that they make. And most in financial services, like that's like that's paramount. Like if you're the first phone call to say, hey, I got, I got this person, he's thinking about selling, he's going to sell for 75 million, you know, like you want as an investment banker or you want as a assets under management, like you need to be able to get that first phone call because a lot of times you're not aware of what's going on behind the scenes unless you have people out there that are listening and then the first phone call they make is to you. And most people don't these, these strategies are not only for service providers like uh, financial advisors and real estate brokers. I mean, I mean, this applies to uh, you know manufacturing companies that have uh, if you if you sell Caterpillar tractors, uh, you know, and you've got dealers all over the place, the manufacturer, the mothership should be talking to the dealers, right? I mean, I mean, no, no matter what, they should be kind of you know having some kind of a re- arrangement. So, so here's the question: What size de- does does the size of the gift matter? The, 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 the amount of the gift? Because I'll tell you what, I got something, a very lovely gesture uh, over the holidays. And uh, this, this woman, I wasn't expecting it. It was a very lovely gesture. Got this little gift in the mail. And when I opened it, it was so little. It was like like a cookie. <laughs> it was so little that, that it was like, I showed it to my wife and she said, 
That's it. You that's know, I mean, it, it ended up being embarrassing. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it was a very thoughtful, very unexpected, but very disappointing. And it kind of ruined the impact of it. I mean, so yeah. give us some guidance. Size matters. Imagine size that. matters. Size <laughs> so matters. It, it, ends up, it ends up being true, I guess, right? Yeah. So, but, but size matters both directions. So too small can be embarrassing or you, I see companies all the time that send stuff out. They call it gifts. It's really trinket swag, promotional items. That's not a gift. You know, like that's too small or it's too unthoughtful. It's like, hey, well, I, well, I, and when I, you throw in swag, then it then it's too self-serving. Then it's not yeah, really a gift. It's not a gift. It's like, hey, you know, and, but but wealth management firms and investment firms and all these guys like, hey, here's a Patagonia jacket or a Lululemon jacket. But we got our investment capital firm here. Do you really think that they want to wear your logo the size of a softball or their logo at all? Like nobody cares about your logo. They care about their own. They care about their own brand. And so. There's ways that size matters too little on that side. That's the trinkets, that's the cookies, that's the brownies, the bottles of wine, whatever else. Like that's the consumables. It, and, and it doesn't work. But too big also doesn't work. If you, you know, somebody, you know, sends you this Louis Vuitton bag for 20 grand, you're thinking in your head like, wow, this is awesome. But they're trying to buy my loyalty. They're trying to bribe yeah, me. That, that's, that kind of starts to be like a bribe. Well, and you start to wonder, like, how much money are they making on these deals? And it, it, it creates questionability and credibility and all these things. So there's too big is too much. Too small can also, like, be embarrassing or you spend money to actually have a negative consequence. Like, talk about a sucky investment. I, to spend money to offend, piss off, or, or guilt people. Like, that, those are horrible. That's not just not a good use of capital. So there's a sweet spot. Our sweet spot when we're laying out a plan a lot of our clients are wanting to take care of their suppliers, their dealers, to your point, or their investors, mentors, bankers, anybody. They, we try to get them to do an audit, a 360 degree audit of all of the important people that they currently have or that they need to have in order to grow. That, that makes their business tick. And it might be 20 people. It might be 200 people. It might be 2,000 people. Every business is different on that. But the key is, is there's a sweet spot. Whatever you invest, you talked about the old school stuff. We use our, our metric of what to invest in a relationship based upon what you're talking about. Whatever it would cost to go out to dinner with a nice steak and nice wine, nice round of golf at a, you know, like a Pebble Beach or amazing golf course, or go to an amazing ball game. That's what you should invest in the tangible artifact element. Maybe at the most once a quarter, so four times a year. So our sweet spot on what we're doing isn't trinkets for $37. That's not a gift. That's a trinket or token. I hate the word token. Like you'd never call somebody a token relationship. Why would you? The word token in a note is an excuse to give a sucky lame gift. If you want to use the word token, you're basically giving your excuse of like, oh, it's just a token of my appreciation. Like, no, that's, that's lame. It should be an artifact. Um, so the sweet spot is $200 to $2,000. 95% of the gifts we're sending at our agency for clients to their employees, clients, partners, it's a thoughtful artifact, but it's not a bribe. It's not a trinket. So two to five hundred dollars, three hundred to six hundred dollars. Like it's not. It's that's the that you know that's the in between sweet spot. That's the tension. That's the money spot. If you want to make somebody feel a certain way emotionally, but not have them feel bribed or embarrassed of what you sent. You know, I, I just have so many questions, and, and some of them are a little bit too detailed. Uh, you know, maybe to get into, but we, we can we'll talk later. But uh, is there ever a time where it's not appropriate to send a gift like to a government official? Oh yeah. Or, or when, when, when is, where's the line where it's not okay? 
if you can't take somebody out to coffee, dinner, around a golf ball game tickets, like Walmart, like you can't buy them a cup of coffee. Great. Take them off the list. The one thing you can do is our, our letterhead is $10 sheets of steel. Like it's literally made out of metal. And I write on it with a Sharpie. And anybody, even a government official or somebody at Walmart can receive a handwritten note. And if you take an hour to write somebody a really thoughtful note, if you can get to them and read it in person, I almost will bet $100 that you and that other person will probably cry if you put enough heart and emotion into the note. It's just how we are as human beings. So anybody can hand can receive a handwritten note. It's why every gift that we do, people are like, John, can't we just automate this on Amazon? And I'm like, no, like relationships aren't automated. If you won't allow us to put a handwritten note with the gift, we won't take you on as a client. That's, it's that important. The note is oftentimes more powerful than the gift itself. So there are times for sure, like if you piss somebody off and you like, you know, blew a deal, like sometimes the gift can add insult where like you're trying to like buy their loyalty back. So there are like timing matters, what you're sending matters, who you're including matters, all that kind of stuff. So there's absolutely times where, you know, sending a gift um, to a government official, or whatever else. So our litmus test typically is, can, can you go out to a nice dinner with them and pick up the dinner? If you can, then they probably can make the gift on thoughtful gifts. Once again, it's a practical luxury. It's a thoughtful gift. It's not a Louis Vuitton bag for 20 grand. It's not a Rolex for 17 grand. It's a thoughtful artifact. That most people, you know, like one of our most popular gifts that we do are these handmade Cutco knives. You know about them. Nobody feels bribed because you sent them a couple knives for like two or 300 bucks. Like nobody's like, oh my gosh, like they're John or Joel's trying to buy my loyalty. But it's a thoughtful, useful, practical. It includes your spouse, all these different things. So most of the things that we're talking about, like I, I mentioned the thousand dollar mugs that we do. Nobody feels bought or bribed because they get this thousand dollar mug. But most people, even billionaires, we've made cry because what's carved into this mug, it takes four weeks to make, is somebody's legacy, life story, core values, faith, family. It's like their whole life story carved into a piece of functional art. But that flies under the radar. Like people are like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the most thoughtful thing. Like we just gave one, um, the CMO of VaynerMedia gave one to her husband. He works at like Nickelodeon, like a big TV exec. He bawled like a baby. He could buy anything that he wanted, but it was what was with the meaning behind what was carved into this artifact mug that made somebody, you know, made him be like, oh my gosh. Now, in this case, it came from his wife and his kids and whatever else, but we executed that for them. And, um, and I think, uh, frankly, you know, I already had a relationship with the CMO of Vayner, but one of the reasons I think we got invited onto to Gary's show, I was super top of mind when they had a cancellation in their marketing for the Now podcast. Who got the first phone call? John Rulin. Why? Liked, trusted. And I was top of mind. Yeah. Not rocket. You know, listen, this is, uh, this is pretty extraordinary. I mean, I mean, we always, uh, this show is about the inside track, the best, smartest, fastest ways to uh, get things done. And when you talk about, uh, the inner circle, the, the spouse and the different people in the family influencing them, uh, you know, when it's time to give a gift, when it's not what the right ranges are. I mean, this has absolutely been the inside track and, and I really appreciate that you've shared that with us. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's what we do. We've been doing it for 20 years. I'm, I'm passionate about it because at the end of the day, it's fun. Like we all like want, I mean, I, we all want to be good people. We all want to like show love to people. I just don't think there's anybody that's ever taught this to understand it. So it's exciting for me to be able to share it with your tribe of guys that are out there, you know, hustling and grinding and building companies and buying companies. And, um, you know, frankly, I, it, it's my honor to be able to pour into, uh, to people. Like well, what, what, what's so, what's so interesting is that, uh, 
I don't like getting cheap gifts, but uh, I never really thought about what it feels like to send one. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so, I mean, it, not, not that I do, uh, you know, maybe I'll give a bottle of wine or a box of cigars or, you know, whatever, but uh, I've never really thought about it, you know, and, and that's just me being, being me. It's me, me being a, a kind of a, a blind blindfolded man, I guess. I, I don't know, but, um, but this really makes so much sense to me and uh, I'm going to be way more careful. And we're going to be talking about a couple of things when we're done here. <laughs> Awesome. So, well, my, my pleasure, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to serve. And to well, good. Well, listen, John, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we're going to stay in touch, no doubt about it. Awesome. Thanks for All having right, me. Man. Take care. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Audavita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audavita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.